Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0-Take, where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right now. Welcome back to the 3-0 Take presented by SeatGeek. This is episode 336. I'll be your host, Kyle Corden, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Nate Reyes and Ryan Ripkin. Hey, guys. Normally he comes in with like a, a little pause and then like a, how we doing? Nothing. Just sat there staring at us. So. <laughs> well, I, well, I thought maybe uh, you I would thought get I was going to get some type get, of transition. Get, you know, you're still asleep. That's fair. You're, you're Wait, still, you're, 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 you wake up, dude. You, I, I was here on time. You clowns were were dragging just a just a tad, but it's it's all right. We're here. No, I just had another technical difficulty. It's not a, it's not a, an appearance back on That's unless fair. there's something wrong on my end, which it's coming. Always. Don't worry. Is. So here's the deal. <laughs> like nothing. <laughs> In the baseball world happened this this last week. At least nothing of note, nothing to really break down, dissect. Nothing that I would want Ryan Ripken's opinion on necessarily. Like there was nothing that that enormous. But I figured, you know, Ryan was scheduled to join us today anyway. Light baseball week. Why not just make this the, the Q&A episode that we talked about? We probably should have like started with this, you know? Like one of the first episodes that Ryan was here. Now it's just. I mean, he, well, if you recall, his first mix. episode with us, I think, was like right in the heart of the O's run last That's year. True. So it I was, I didn't, I didn't want to take away from the, the good vibes I'm sure he was feeling at that time to say, hey, let's, let's break down your baseball career. <laughs> I, I know it's a lot about me. It's about me, me, me. Uh, but no, yeah, I, 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 it's all about the team, guys. I mean, the, the, the Orioles were, were on fire. It was after I think it was after the ten game win streak, right? Yeah, yeah. Couldn't kill those vibes. I mean, it, no, to be fair, dead, though, about we did give him, we gave him the floor. We said like, tell tell the people anything and everything you want, and that's true. He he ran with it for a few minutes, but then we just got right into the O's talk. So now that it's the off season, a little slow, starting to gear up for spring training. Figured. Not a better time to do it. So, Nate, do you have any questions for Ryan off the top before we get into the listener-submitted questions? I'm curious to see where the listeners take it. I'm going to I'm gonna base my questions off of those. <clears throat> All right. So you're going to ask questions Correct. off the They give me questions. ideas. I work from there. He does do a great job. I'll, I'll give Nate. I'll, I'll give Nate that. He can, ah, he, can, he can take a tangent and run with it based off of. Sure can. <laughs> I've seen he is seasoned on the it's, on the tangents firsthand. It's fantastic. It's quite a skill. All right. Do you just want to get the 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 dad questions out of the way? Because I didn't. Sure. I didn't. Yeah. Who who's your, dad? Well, your dad. He uh he played oh. baseball. 
Okay. He did. Yeah. He did. Mm. <laughs> he was, he <laughs> was at the front door. Well, let's. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm I didn't want you thinking it was out. just going to be like a hundred questions of, hey, what's it like being Karakin's son? So we got to. Yeah. I mean, it, it's all good. Hey, it's a, it's a part of the journey, right? I mean, it's. We are related. And uh, we have spent a little bit of time together. Well, well, let's just run. We got a few here. Not too many. We got some some more general Ryan questions for you. Uh, Off the top here. Was there any, Hank asked, was there any unnecessary pressure on you to be a good ball player because of your dad? Yes. I think at a younger age, you didn't really understand that. Right. When you're a kid, all you look at is you're you're naive, like you're innocent. You know, we get they say as you get older, you learn more things and then that innocence could go away. As a kid, I just thought, oh, wow, you know, I'm running around. I love baseball. My dad played. Everyone's dad played, which obviously I figured out as as I got older, how extremely challenging that was. And then getting into high school, especially was when that started, you know, after my sophomore year, had a lot of success. And then the pressure started coming. Then the expectations started coming. And it felt like no matter what I did, no matter how well I played, it was, I, they expected more. And if I played bad, it was, see, he's a disappointment. You know, he's nothing like his dad. And first off, we are not, we were never going to be the same player. I am all left-handed. At three years old, I picked up a baseball. Actually, I was younger than three. Uh, my dad was hitting in the cage. Obviously, I don't remember this, you know, it was, Lights, lights were on, but no one was home, at least for, for the memories. And my dad was hidden and he was picking up balls. And all of a sudden he got like smacked in the back of the head and he thought balls were falling from the net up top. You know, that was natural thing. And then, uh, five seconds later he turned around and I hummed another ball at him, but it was me picking it up with my left hand, just chucking it at him with pinpoint accuracy, I will say. Um, so we're never going to be the same player. Regardless, and I think that that's something. Uh, it was definitely challenging though, because when you're going through just being a teenager, you're trying to figure out yourself. You're trying to figure out what it is to be a, a, a normal kid, and and just try to figure out what works for you. And I definitely struggle with that. But I think now, as I got older, you know, it it obviously you become your own person. But you know, no matter what I did, it was that was a frustrating component for years. Nate, we uh, we saving the tangents for, for yeah. I'm going to move on to the next one. Okay, That's good. all right, yeah. That all one, right, let's that move was on. Braves content kind of along the same lines. Braves content asks, how was your minor league experience different from guys that didn't have an all time great as their dad? How did the minor league experience differ? Well, I'll say this: it was to be able to talk to someone about the game that's been through it was helpful especially kind of knowing and people even I even forgot at times what what my family went through I me mean, my dad my grandfather coached my uncle and my dad went through the system and it's funny to hear then some of their stories from when they went through the minors so there's a relation to that of it wasn't just all of the the accolades that you hear so I think that definitely helped with the perspective but I think in some cases it was funny my you know my dad always said you're never going to be prepared fully to the minor leagues until you experience it yourself because it is a grind. Like it is an absolute grind where you have to put in all the work and you're not going to necessarily get the glory, you know, and it might never work out and people might not know it all 
uh, know about you. And I guess in that case, with the name going through the system, wherever we went, people recognize the name. But so that, that those would be the two things. It's just people would recognize the name would be one. And but it was very helpful to to talk to my dad about or any of my family members and and talk about the experiences and know that he was there at one point and it, he went through that. So that was that's probably it for the minor leagues. But I, for everyone that goes through it, again, I, the one thing I think is a pet peeve of mine. I just want to throw this out is when people talk about professional baseball players and they go and you get to the minor leagues and you're like, Oh, did, are you, so did you go pro or is it, you know, is that semi pro? And it's like, that's professional baseball. Everyone that gets up to the major leagues, like 99%, not counting the guys like Otani coming from Japan who, who played professionally over there that it is so hard. And I think that we put up, it, it's an accomplishment to play in high school. It's an accomplishment to play in college and, and it's another accomplishment to get to the next level. And then to make it to the major leagues, you are the 1% of the 1%, which is speaks for itself. But I think that I think some people sometimes forget about, about how talented guys in the minor leagues are. And, and also that it, it's hard to get to. Um, and I still stay to this day that there's a lot of guys that were so talented that never made it to the majors, not because they weren't talented enough. Sorry. There was my <laughs> how- team. How kind of going off of this question in terms of your minor league experience, how how different was it being a part of your dad's and your grandfather's and your uncle's organization? Like you're not just playing like you're not playing for the Oakland A's minor league system. Like you're you're in it with that system and you have to kind of take take things as they come, given your name. Yeah, I mean, I was extremely nervous about it, to be honest. You know, starting with the Nationals, it was nice. It was a different organization, and but I, they, they, they treated me really well, and I felt like they loved me for me, you know, even though it didn't work out. And the Orioles, not that I didn't think they would love me for me, but for all the reasons you just labeled, was, it, was I going to go into a situation where I knew that there was already going to be these uh, perceptions of me coming to the organization, the connections in the organization, and what would that be like? How would uh, and the bigger thing for me, you know, I know that the outside world, but you know, I I'm a guy that when I'm in the building, wherever I am, you know, I want to try to make the other ones around me feel comfortable with me because that's those are my teammates, those are my peers, those, that's my staff, and I was always worried: is there going to be some sort of resentment? because I'm here in this organization and, and I get it. You can jump to those conclusions very easily. I mean, and then the fact that I went and played in Aberdeen, which it's Ripken stadium in Aberdeen. And so with all that, it definitely felt that was the challenging part. But the, the bigger thing for me above all was inside the group was do I, I you have to earn respect. So I'm not saying you had to respect me, or, but I wanted to show to the group that I was with that, you know, my work ethic, my the preparation. It's not, it's not the name. Yeah. Yes. My sincerity. And that was, that was, that was my goal going in. And, and I know that my, my numbers before I was injured a ton. I didn't play well before coming to the Orioles. So I, I had everything and I was a little bit older. So I had everything on the line to try to prove that. And, um, so that that that's where that kind of stuck in. I and mean, honestly, I got to the outside noise of 
once I got to the Orioles, I kind of channeled it out. And to be honest, they were the Orioles organization was uh, everything I was nervous about going in was completely wrong. They were, they, they treated me really well. They treated me like one of the guys and that's all I wanted. And, um, you know, it definitely helped me gain the confidence to continue on with my career. I like that. I was actually thinking more of the minor league question side of things too. And it's more generic. It's not necessarily specific to, to your career, but you can answer it with that. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always wondered like, at what point does the clock start to tick where you start paying attention to like, I'm getting to that point where I need to get to the big leagues because of my age, because of, you know, service time. Like, what does that feel like? And, and tell me a little bit about that experience for you. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I think, I think so much nowadays, or especially when you go in, I mean, what's the first thing if you if you believe you're going to get drafted or you're a younger kid, what do you want to do? You want to play in the major leagues, right? Like that's the goal. And then you think about as you go through it, it's not as simple as that process. And I think as much as you can say you want to put the pressure, I need to get moving. You also have to stay in the present moment of going, well, I need to do I need to focus on what I have to do right now. And if that is if I just got drafted, how can I go each and every day to show up and be productive? And it's no secret though. I mean, many coaches on in every organization I've, I've, you know, with the two that I was affiliated with, it was talked about. It was talked about the need to, the sense of urgency. You know, you're here. Guys are coming in behind you every single year, so you got to continue to get better. If you're not going to, someone else coming in will. So that was a constant talking point. But it, it's a fine line because once you start to think too ahead, and that's where I got. I, I when I got drafted by the Nationals. And I initially thought like, oh, well, hopefully I can get to, you know, move up and, and maybe get to double A by, you know, this year and and try and like try to already project what I was going to do without without doing it. And what happened? I got injured twice back to back years and missed felt like a year and a half and I felt lost. And then after I got released by the Nationals, I told myself I'm going to stay in this moment because I, I can't focus about the future. I'm aware of what's going on, but the minute you start taking your your focus off of the moment in time, for me, like I I, I couldn't I couldn't do it. But you're exactly right. It's it's like a looming it's a reality feeling, right? Like, I'm sure that every guy feels that. I remember we were we were playing the Cardinals and this was with the Nationals. And I was in short season, and one of our coordinators came in and said, "Keeping your like our job because the clock's on right now, guys." You know, and they say you have four years to get there, depending on your age. Younger guys, you got maybe five or six if you're out of high school. But you other guys, four years. And we need to do it right now, and you need to get moving. And, and again, I appreciate the, like, that's the jump start you're trying to tell guys. However, you got to figure out as an individual what 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 motivates you or what keeps you focused. Because the the sooner you start to, worry about, well, if I don't play well, I'm getting released or all the stuff that doesn't matter to your, to your game. It, it's going to show. Um, I mean, everyone's different with that, but it's, it's a real thing. It's, I think people sometimes forget about that. It's, it's tough. Do you feel like, uh, I mean, you mentioned the injuries. Do you feel like 
the end of your career? Because it's different for everybody. Like, regardless what level you make it to, do you feel like you had the closure with your playing career? Like, was there was there a, a point towards the end or maybe shortly thereafter where you were maybe regretful of how certain things went? Or do you feel like, look, this this is how it was meant to go? I'm, I'm like, okay walking away from the game in that regard? So it was interesting for the longest time. It's always when you look back and I wish that I could have handled my failures better. I wish I didn't let my anxieties, my frustrations of my situation impact the ability that I had, that I had. And, I, and when I was younger, saying being a teenage kid, I, I struggled with those expectations. I might've not shown it all the time, but I did. I, I felt that if I went out there and I didn't play well, that it was a reflection of myself as a reflection of my character that I felt like when I went out there constantly and people said, you weren't, you're not like your dad, you'll never be anything like him. And there was so much negativity. I felt that that was reflective of, of me as an individual. And, and that stung. Like I couldn't, I couldn't separate my identities. And when I got injured, it magnified it. And I, and then I felt like I was failing not only myself, but I felt like I was like, maybe I am a failure to my family that people are, are talking about. And so that whole, that whole situation, but then after the injury in, in so 14, I got drafted, got injured 15, re-injured the same ankle, uh, you know, essentially was, was missed the majority of the year. And when I got healthy, I still wasn't fully healthy. And I thought about all the wrong things. And I played like, I played like crap and I came to the Orioles with a new mindset of, I, this is, this is a new chance and, and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to relish it. And then 2019 comes around after 17, 18 built some momentum with the Orioles, 19 comes around and, and I finally put together a solid year. Now I hurt my oblique early and I got off to a great start, missed time, came back, stunk, but got through it, got promoted to double A and then. Um, I think finish hitting like 280 and double A. And at that moment, I finally was able to tell myself whether I make it or not, I'm proud of the way I was able to continue moving forward. Like, do I think I could go up and play in the majors? You have the confidence. I think I, yes, I, I can. But if it ever happens, I felt like that was the closure moment of that, not necessarily in the baseball sense of the production, but as a, as a human being, as an individual, that I proved to myself that what I was worried about all along, that baseball defines me as a person, isn't true. But also as a player, I was better than even the doubts had in my mind said that I wasn't, if that makes sense. That might have no, been a little bit too deep. Uh, no, that's, that's exactly good. what I was looking for. Uh, Jacob, well, Jacob wants to know how soon before Ryan gets Cal to visit the show. You know what? You know, I, 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 I got a similar message there. Um, I don't know about that. That could be a while. You know, he's a, he's a busy guy. All I'm guy. saying is adding a fourth person to this video call. It might could explode, be a train wreck. It might explode the internet because. Yeah. We'll have to try a different platform or Holy cow, man. Or we're going to, we're going to have to fit into this crab side by side. Uh, yeah, you never know. You will never say table. never, but I, I, if, but Jacob, if, if, uh, I would not recommend holding <laughs> your breath. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> Please don't. 
please don't do that. But but you never know what could happen in the future. Bray asks, what would your last three meals on Earth be? Breakfast, lunch, dinner, go. Perfect. Lunch. Great question. Ooh. Money is not an issue. I'm, wow. He didn't say this, but I'm filling in the blanks here. Mm-hmm. Money is not an object. Traveling is not an object here. Like anything from anywhere. Any any cost. Man, and I and I'm a big eater, and I and I and I love a lot of food. So let me think about this. For breakfast, in some capacity, I'm gonna have to have at least two eggs over easy, over medium, with with some toast. Maybe have a little avocado on there if I want, salt and pepper. So that'll be like the side. I think I'd have to have chocolate chip pancakes thrown mm. in there because I do have a sweet tooth. I remember every road trip, especially in, in 19, if there was an IHOP nearby, you best better believe I was having pancakes every single day, chocolate chip pancakes. And that still holds true now. You know, I wasn't into this earlier as a kid, but chip beef, Ugh, my mom makes this it. really good I chip beef. I don't get it. it I love that's it. Wild. So that's a I, wild that, that, I, candidate for... Your last meals on earth. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a wild yeah. candidate. Uh, but like uh, for the chip beef, I would need to have like I couldn't have it for a while, you know. So if this if I hadn't had it for months, perfect. I get it. If, Those are your last day on earth. You got to have if, a little nostalgia sprinkled in, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sprinkle it in, and if not, though, you know, I'm I'm a standard. I love if it's if I can't get the chip beef omelet, um. I'd, it's like I'd get the works omelet. I'd get sausage, ham. There's one place. How much diner time in between the breakfast back. meal and the lunch meal? I mean, this is. Well, it's my last. Hold up, right? chip beef? Is that a breakfast? Thirty thousand calories. I I, really? I, I have. I, it for I mean, I don't know. I'm genuinely curious. I, I've only ever seen it for breakfast. Yeah, okay. yeah. And, I didn't know. And Nate, if, if for 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 you, you can ask my teammates how much I eat for breakfast. It is. Or, you know, we could, we could get my, my girlfriend on too. any of my family. I am an expensive date mm. when it comes to breakfast. I would go on the road and, and sometimes the bill would be $50 at a diner. Um, <laughs> that's a little excessive, but, but I like to eat. So there's that lunch, man, you know, and maybe it's just cause I'm kind of in the mood for it right now. A, a lobster Ooh. roll from Maine. I really started thing. to love, love it. Me a good lobster roll. You know, like it's and it's got to be fresh. It's got to be the the bun has mm-hmm. to be done right. A little toasted. Got some butter on the side. And then dinner. I'd probably spoil myself with a surf and turf to a capacity. I could double up. I'm a bit, I love I love crab. Like Maryland crabs. That would probably be thrown in for dinner. Like let's, let's do Maryland crabs. It's a staple of my life. And then get me a nice, nice like filet, medium rare, and I'll be a happy guy. That's a good day. If I finally get up to to Baltimore to hang out with Ryan, I feel like lobster has to be on the or or crab. Crab's got to be on the. Oh my gosh! Be on the menu. Yeah. Have you have you wait? So we talked about this before. Have. Like, do you like you? But are you, are we, are we all good on the crabs? Oh, yeah. Like everyone likes yeah. Maryland. I'm an, inexper- I'm an inexperienced crab to- eater. So like you need to, 
you oh, need to give me my like next the rundown, question. best techniques, all that. It's so. been a long oh. time. It's been a long time. But I told you, I I lived in oh. Maryland for for a chunk of time too. So like I I remember like as a kid learning the process of breaking the full crab and like it's you know not just the crab legs. Like you've got the whole crab you're working through. It's tough, man. It's a challenge. There's definitely technique. It is. It, there's technique, and that's what I'm here for. It's a messy process. It, it, as you well. know, it's it, it is a messy. You know what people say? Well, it's just it's not that much meat. And like if, being in Maryland, like it's it's like the glory of of doing the whole process. Get in, and there's one part I I, we, I call it like a or my family call it like a rosebud where you can peel it off, and it's it's like mm-hmm. a giant like bush mm-hmm. of crab meat, and it's one of the most satisfying things for me to ever get. And uh, I would be glad to share these techniques with you guys. It's fun. With that, talk about great content. That'd be good. Get around to Maryland. Get get around a table. That'd talk be, a little shop. A little baseball talk. I mean, I, I when I say inexperienced crab eater, like I, I'd be coming in like a, a first day rookie. Like I'm. Oh wow. I'm gonna need the. We'll put you through the tutorial. Yeah. Do you do That's you fine. know the lack of people on the West Coast that don't know about Old Bay seasoning? No one knows about it out here. It's hard to find any like grocery stores and stuff. It's weird. I mean, I'm not surprised. That's crazy, dude. I used to sprinkle that on my popcorn yeah. as a kid. It's oh, delicious. for sure. Yeah, that's a that's a nice touch. Oh, yeah. Old Bay popcorn, yeah. underrated. Nice touch. I was gonna. Underrated. I'm going off the food. I'm gonna steal a little bit from Murray here. I'm going the opposite side of the spectrum. What is the worst food experience you had in the minor leagues? It could Ooh. be clubhouse food. It could be you know like a a traveling spot like tell me about it i need to know well um food wise i got to i got to think about that for a second because there was a lot of yeah. highly questionable ones i will say this though before i can figure out there were times where there just was not enough food period like there i i would go and for me, after games, if I if I signed for some fans or talked with some people wherever we were, I would sometimes come back into the locker room and there was no food. And it's not to the point of guys They're just getting like you know, one one serving. too much. Yeah. Just wasn't enough. And this happened even this happened in 2019. I remember coming back uh playing in Frederick and we just ran out. And and again, that was a, it was a changing of you know, catering and stuff like that. And, and that problem got fixed, but there's been a lot of places in the younger, like when in short season, you c- could carry more guys and there just would be way less food available. So I'll think about that. As far as experience of, uh, <sighs> travel or clubhouses or stuff like that, if that's kind of like, can that, does that allude into it? Like, yeah, all of it and going in there. Oh, okay. Well, one of my favorite towns to go to, was Burlington, Vermont. I loved Burlington, Vermont. I thought the city was awesome. The food, the like just in the summer, I couldn't beat it. The stadium was terrible. It was, and mainly because our lock. So I think part of it, they had part of their, their side of the clubhouse. If I remember this correctly, burned down. They had one cage they were in the the home team was in trailers. We had to go to a locker room on the backside, but the showers weren't being able to be used, and they weren't cleaned, so we couldn't even shower at is the facility. Wow. Is this the Vermont like, Lake the Monsters? Stadium. Okay, that is that You're is looking them. At pictures. Yeah, there was there there, there might have been a Lake Monster in the shower, <laughs> but 
I, I think we I need actually, to keep this PG. Okay. I don't need to hear about any. Yeah. <laughs> any. No, no. I, I, me- I meant from like a cleanliness standpoint. Nate, what like, do, where are you at, back guy? There. Where are you at? Where? I was tracking all Whoa, the whole Ryan way. was talking about naked stories in the in the locker room earlier. I just wanted to make sure that we weren't going any Whoa, any Lake Monster would, talk about that. So I would never. So, I mean, I'm looking at the stadium that. and it looks like just your classic old timey small town like higher end baseball fit when i say higher end like it's it's got like your your nice wraparound bleachers it's not like just some dump but the state the stadium the stadium sense fine like, the i actually love the like i thought it was it was it was behind left field uh, where i had the issue that was that was where it was also uh, you know i, I love the people in hagerstown the locker room in hagerstown was not ideal mm-hmm. either um I remember first day, they, one of the first practices, I think it was the first practice, they had the the bathroom system in line with the shower, and there was an issue with the bathroom system, and it overflowed up through the bottom shower um, drains, so I'll let you Mm. keep that imagination, and you know, you know which guy was lockers right next to all the and it's overflowing then so it's it's rising the drain is not draining and guess whose lockers right there yours truly hello hi ryan good to see you yep it was so that that was tough i i I think the 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 notion some of the places in the minor leagues they're doing a better job were tremendous there are some other ones that weren't i gotta think about the food experience My, my biggest thing with food was if if I didn't get enough, I always went out after a game to eat. Like I had to, I just forced myself. My biggest thing was that there just physically wasn't enough food sometimes. And for me, that's like the worst well, case. Scenario and I know we're joking about it, but like, this I'm, is like an actual, like this is an issue like, like across major that, league that baseball was an issue. In, in, in minor league baseball. It's like, this needs to be fixed. And, and I think that they all start starting to do it. It's, it's interesting. I think that they've changed the food dynamic, the housing dynamics, right after um you know i got out of of baseball which i'm happy because for certain guys if you keep the perspective everyone gets caught up with when players get drafted and signing bonuses and i get it like you you see a guy go in the first round second round and you know they're getting a lot of money i'd probably say in a 40 back then it was in 40 rounds just say it was when i was there 15 guys maybe got a a, a solid bonus right that means 25 guys didn't. And I remember I had, I had friends and teammates go in the top 10 rounds and that slot is almost $250,000 and they were going to get five. And that was before taxes. And then you take out all of that on a month to month basis, players are getting whatever the minimum and in, in, in a ball, I think I got, you know, 1700 before taxes and that's not counting paying for, um, paying dues to the clubhouse guys. And then if you had any housing and they put up host families, but then also if you're going to go eat or get something by yourself, send any money back to your family. And also that was 1700 mm-hmm. before taxes, you know, in triple it was guys getting 3000 before taxes and you had to pay mm-hmm. for your own housing. So wasn't a lot. It, it wasn't well, a lot for sure. I think so it's I, like wild that, that, that like that dynamic, the, the, the path like this is a necessary part of the path 
to becoming one of the greatest baseball players, you know, in, in the world to be able to compete at the highest level and, and housing isn't, you know, like your staples aren't taken care of, like your housing and your nutrition and like that stuff isn't being just a lock. You know what I mean? It's so shaky. Yeah. The nutrition part was a big thing where that's a, that's a huge talking point nowadays days is how do you keep your body rested and, and fit and a lot of organ some organizations do a better job than others that's that's no secret that's that's no knock to anybody but that's for for all reasons but in nutrition part if you want more nutritional food and value it's mm-hmm. going to cost more that that is a reality in some cases it's hard to provide that for right. so many guys and, and so but you're right i think the i think where people sometimes forget it's even when you get up to AAA and you're so close. If you get put on the 40 man, it changes things, right? Like you're adding a little bit more income in. You get to the big leagues and you stay on the 40 man and you get sent back. Like it's still, it's life changing. And a lot of guys, even even for that moment, it's a life changing experience, you know, in, in, in that in itself. But to even be right there and think about it, like if you aren't on the 40 man and you're sitting there in AAA under your deal and you could be going from making. 3000 before taxes to now you get called up and you're making per diem or league money or sorry, league minimum in the major leagues on a, uh, on a prorated base. Like, and what, what's the league minimum? Do you guys know off the top of your head in the major league? It's up over 700, right? They bumped, yeah. They bumped it up within the last year too. So, so think about that. Imagine you get called up and you're only up there for, you know, a week, two weeks. And you're getting that prorated value, you know. I don't. I don't know what that goes out to be, but you might are you might quadruple your your earnings for one month in that time frame. So it's just it's like a perspective of how close guys can be, but still, you know, it, it's it's huge for so many reasons, which I think sometimes people forget about. So kind of on that, uh, bringing it back to food, Richard wants to know what was your favorite food. pregame food and I mean, this this could go hand in hand. Favorite pregame food, and did you have any superstitions? Because I know a lot of guys that that like I said, that goes hand in hand. They will, they will he's have a lefty. To have, he's a weirdo for yeah. sure. You got if you have one, you got to have the other. <laughs> I'm weird. I will say for foods, it varied based on. I, I I was superstitious across the board. You're right, and i always kind of wanted to eat lighter as i got a little bit more old like a little older like a pb and j for me was always a staple you know to have one uh greek yogurt was something that came over time but then i'll tell you what if you know if i went to a place and got a a, a kale salad or something with chicken and i had three hits i can guarantee you Mm -hmm. i'm eating that the next day and the next day and actually that happened a lot in 2019 and maybe that helped with my overall health (laughs) I would have a ton of salads before the game. During the game, though, if I was DHing, I always had a rich a ritual of going in, getting a cup of coffee, or having the cup nearby and having like a certain uh, bar with me every single time. I think it was sometimes it'd be a chewy bar, or if there was like an actual protein bar in there, I'd go in there and get it. Like that was my thing. It's like it's interesting when you DH. There was a certain there was a certain rich uh, ritual. The superstitions though, like it's funny. Ba- baseball players are are, are are creatures of of habit, and 
But you know, the thing I thought about it is with all the things that you think about in the game, about what goes, it's the one thing that can release your mind. And I think that that was the funny thing of being like, well, so I, I had quite a few superstitions, not going to say all of them on here, but it could be from how I put my socks on. Do I put it on the right foot first? Do I put it on the left? How do I put my uniform on? Is it, am I putting on, you know, the Jersey top first? Is it the pants, uh, the belt? Am I going to stretch for X amount of time? What songs am I putting on? Oh, wait, I didn't get a hit for a few days. Well, I'm just going to throw the music off. We're not going to listen to any music. Am I going to... I even came down to the point where I felt like... I had one day where I... I uh, I wasn't... I was struggling a lot, and I would go out there 20 minutes, 30 minutes before the game. I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go out there seven minutes before. Just go out there late. Sure enough, it works. So what I do... <laughs> that's your butt i went out there late i'd be i'd be in the locker room stretch out shower late and um so i i changed it up because in my mind it released it released the thoughts. any uh any like on deck circle yeah. or in the box type routines yeah i always would that never changed when i got into the batter's box i would or before going in i put one foot in the batter's box other foot back and I kind of lean down, stretch my left hammy or right hammy. Can't, can't remember. Fix my bat, one batting glove, get back in, dig in, say what's up. And then, uh, um, I'd lay the bat down far enough for me to, to distance of where I needed to stand. So I lay my bat down. So I would say Harper like, kind of right, does that. How far right. I need to be away from kind of gets that reach yeah. across the far side. Yeah. Yep. And then the other thing too is just a reminder in the box is anytime something went into my head, I just call time, get out of the box, curse myself out in my mind, and then get back in. But it would be more of like an affirmative, yeah. like, hey, shut up. Like, what are you looking for? Okay, do it, and then get back in the box. So those would be kind of the rituals for me. Uh I think I could still do my my routine from the bot from the yeah, what, from the on deck circle. You guys had to have routines. I could I could yeah, still what, what do are, it. I did like a specific so, thing when I got in the on deck circle. It would be like the arm swings, both like bat one bat. I never I didn't like weights. I didn't like to put like any weights on. I wanted to feel like the weight of the bat. So I hated where like if it was a long at bat, now it starts to feel heavy. Like I, it, you know what I mean. So I never did any weights. But I could do like the full routine, the back slap, the kind of the stretch, and then just a couple. I didn't like swinging either. Everything I did was just timing, like front foot, hands go back, and then I knew I could definitely do my box routine. Clean it up a little bit. I used to clean it out, dig the back line, fix the helmet, good to go. My, I mean, I was playing in like these adult leagues over the last year or two. So like, it was still pretty fresh in my mind. But when I get up to the box, I get the old, I got like a hybrid. I've got some Nomar in there. Like I get the toe I, You've had that since we were, we were kids. Yeah. You had the Nomar and stuff it's just, for a long time. It's never time. left. And then I go, I tap across the plate, back on the close side of the plate, tap across the plate, back to the close side of the plate twice. And then I, I get a little helmet tap, get a little, little crotch grab. <laughs> pull up the pull up the pant leg a little bit on both sides and then a uh, couple swings and we're good to go do you guys ever wear your pants up pants down that was that was based Playing. on superstition 
pants and up how slump, I was feeling. slump busters for sure. Yeah. I would also ditch batting gloves. Batting gloves would go if I, if I wasn't hitting well. Couldn't do that. Yeah, batting gloves and pants up. And then what's odd is that I've done it three. I did it three times ever. And two of the three times I had two home run games. It's weird, hey. but it's like it ended it. I couldn't continue to do it. It just it got me like snapped me out of it. And then I can go back to normal. It was odd. I was already We're slow, weird. And I needed We're definitely weird. I needed to feel fast on certain days and a lot of times if i went pants down i just felt slower because i just felt restricted so mm-hmm. i'd have to go i'd have to go pants up for the second time we <laughs> yeah. gotta we gotta keep it moving here yeah, keep moving uh eric asks, what's your guilty pleasure song oh yeah guilty pleasure i mean i feel like that changes a lot i, I do love a lot of female pop you know and going back thank you for your honesty ryan i appreciate yeah. it I do. I do. Uh, we, as a team, I felt like in, or there's like four or five of us in seven, 18, where we, we said our walkout songs were going to be female pop. So we had like Ariana Grande. I had Selena Gomez. Another guy had Gwen Stefani. Uh, good vibes there. But then it it didn't work. <laughs> For act- I think I hit 190 at oh, home. Boy. Hit 300 on the road. So that had to go. Um, I let I let yeah I let Selena down. Um, a big Backstreet Boys. I have pictures Ooh. back then, and maybe that's like the true guilty pleasure. I I actually my sister really liked them. I swear, but I also I did enjoy them, <laughs> and my mom would take me to the concerts. And a funny kind of thing with them. The so the Baltimore Bullies was just on last night. And if you saw some of the things, the Ravens was always like, what time is it? Game time. What time is it? You know, any dogs in the house? Who, who, who? But the Ravens did that a lot. I mean, people did that all over. But we met the Backstreet Boys after the Ravens won the Super Bowl, and a few of them were Giants fans. And me and, and one of my one of my close friends, my mom's like, oh, sing the 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 thing, you know, the 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 chant to the about the Ravens. So we sang it to them at like seven years old. And they're like, oh, that's great. Thanks. Thanks, kids. <laughs> yeah. But then, but then I think I was like, I, yeah. But I still listen to like, I want it that way is up there. I, I still think uh, Backstreet's back. It's gets a banger. The going. It's definitely a banger for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, what about you guys? I mean, I'm, give me a guilty pleasure. Oh. Britney Spears for sure. Like within this last, like, last year or so i've for some reason i've just gotten back on the on the britney kick and but like back when i was much younger i was crushing hard on hannah montana and so that just evolved oh, into a miley that's cyrus fair. that's also like fair. a miley cyrus kick and i mean she's got some bangers too so like mm-hmm. i mean I, I, yeah. I feel pretty justified in in, mm-hmm. in saying that's a that's a good pick nate i don't know if i can just like randomly name one does it have to be a female singer or is it just like guilty no, pleasure in I, I went general? backstreet yeah guilty pleasure in general i went backstreet boys i was an well. nsync kid for sure that was my first cd actually i remember the cd it was like yellow and brown stripes that just went around the cd yeah that was that was uh i don't know i don't really bust that out now oh we can we can change that we could we could oh yeah sure it is yeah. yeah, it is brown and yellow circles all the way around. Yeah, I That's remember funny. 
No strings attached. In my walk, man. Also, that's incredible. Yeah. Last guilty pleasure, too, I will say. Uh, JoJo, Too Little, Too Late. I, I was actually talking JoJo. about that song recently. As in, like, Casey and JoJo? No. Who's JoJo? No. JoJo is like a pop... Like a pop artist, pop a current a pop one? artist. When we were like no, in middle school, like, no, 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 no. back in middle school, it had like leave get out. She had leave get out and too little, too late. Oh, I don't remember and that. And actually, it's like it's like a Walmart equivalent of of Shakira. Ah, uh, okay. Would be my would be my comp. Like Shakira's has uh, the I mean not Shakira in terms of like the accent and all that, but I'm saying like a, a pop female that's like very widely popular at a very like niche. Would mm. you not agree, Ryan? I don't know when you Shakira because she's kind. She's pretty international, <laughs> you know. She she that's just a played comp. the Super that's Bowl. A rough I mean, comp. And, and, and JoJo had her had her day in the sun but, though. But Shakira's had her day that's in fair. the still. Ha, she she's still, you know, out in the sun. Yeah, I mean, she's like 60 she's just now, at the, isn't she? She's crushing it still. Oh. But anyway, I just want to throw that out because, like, you know, those are songs that when I was a. a a middle school kid, I don't know if I wanted to explain that, like, mm. I'd maybe have that on and be in my emotions, you know, singing too little too late. But enough about my guilty pleasures. Fair enough. I'm going to. Uh, <laughs> Brennan asks, who controlled the mu- the clubhouse music before a game? Was there like a certain guy a that, that would always be the go to? In, Nor- in Norfolk, we had a combination of guys. If we had a starting pitcher, we'd let them you know, if they wanted to listen to their own music. So when Zach Lowther pitched, he had his own. In general, guys that were in, in Norfolk in 2021, Spencer Watkins was a big guy that would be on top of it. And, and he, he got he got the people going. He had a ABBA remix uh, that, that just really fired up the team when we did win. But we didn't win a ton for a little bit of time. So we really got excited. ABBA's got some bops man she does it got some it's it, it got it's got some but it was a remix of it but but spencer does a good job uh la, la. yeah spencer Watkins was a big one I, I i would refer him to a friend for djing vester sports art on twitter asks as a kid growing up in the baseball world what was the wildest thing you saw mm, that's a that's a broad question yeah so for for PG, we're gonna keep it PG because a lot of things I've seen that were wild. I'm looking forward to getting those stories off air. But continue. yeah, I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, bum, 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 bum. I was trying to remember. There's a lot of things I didn't understand at the time. You know, especially. Hmm. Wildest. While you think about that, wildest. I just want to apologize for my Shakira comp. Like I, I, I'm very, I'm very <laughs> regretful over he's that. He's self conscious about it now. I apologize. <laughs> that was just a terrible comp. No, like you say something and then immediately realize like that's just nah, not, that's not, that's it, not yeah. right. So yeah. I just want to apologize <sighs> to any and all Shakira fans out there because I myself am, am a Shakira fan. Who's not? Shakira. Shakira who's not. not? And she's also not sixty. I don't know why I said that, but she's she's getting older, man. I mean, it's got to be upper forties. Gotta be. And let's let's just confirm here, because I'm I'm genuinely. Yeah, why don't you confirm real quick? Forty six. We're getting old. Unbelievable. Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm getting stumped with the wildest PG baseball stories. I guess this is just a, from a perspective standpoint of not understanding. You know, when I was growing up and younger, I mean, everything that happened with 9-11 in 2001, I did not understand. And that was that was my dad's last year. It was the Orioles had to cancel the series in New York because of it. And, and again, like, you don't understand the magnitude of it. But then the energy that was coming about after, like there was just a different electricity about like passion and people coming together. So as far as a feel good moment of wild of like, oh my, like, I don't know if that was just, I was such a young kid, but that was a moment where I remembered such a unity of people, like, like a, like an excitement, a love and a coming together. So I'd probably say of like a, from a, from a standpoint there, from a personal, like another personal standpoint, uh, and I guess I didn't understand at the time, but like, but I think my my one of my dad's last years went to the All Star game in Fenway, and I got to go in the monster during the during the game, Ooh. and then I was running around. There's pictures of little Ryan running around the field, and the place is just kind of going nuts. Not over me, just like the energy in Fenway. It's All Star game weekend. I think if I'm not mistaken, that must have been Pedro's. Uh, when Pedro just yeah went off, went off yeah, there five out of six strike striking out. Yeah, I'd I'd probably say those two were were uh, you know two moments right off the top of my head, and then you know off, off script I got I got plenty of of uh, wilder stories that I could share. I need those. We just for for everyone's sake, I, I can't say it. Wait, so when I so when I go back and and rewatch clips from the '99 All Star Game, you're out there in the scoreboard. I'm pretty sure I have photos of myself uh, at the game and on the field. And I remember going in and maybe, maybe I remember it differently, but I'm going to choose to believe that you were in the green monster while that game was going on. That that's just how the memory is going to play out my head now. So (laughs) anything you tell me is not going to change it. You're, you're out in the green. monster. Okay. No, I was, well, I, I I was, but I just, uh, to Google, I, I, I Googled up one of the pictures to me in a red all-star Jersey. With terrible running Wait, form and extremely blonde you're hair. On you're in the green monster on Google Images. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I, no, I'm not in the green monster on the Google Images. But there's a picture of me. I think about to run to the green monster. It's like ah. a pre. It's like a pre. It's oh it's a, with you with you with dad. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're running to the monster. Yeah, it looks like it. Right then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, direction-wise, I, I know Fenway pretty well. You're you're definitely running towards the monster. I know that much. I'm I'm almost positive that's what it was. And man, if talking about running form, it looks the exact same now. Love that. That yeah, don't, just don't change. It's that's my motto. You got to stay. You got to stay who, to who you are. Stay true to yourself. So I've got a question for you, uh, Ryan. Uh, did you did you by chance say seat? <laughs> Because I've got I've got something that I'd like to share with you if you got a, if you got a oh. minute. Oh, I got Seeky, get to all your ticket needs. Are you looking for tickets? Do you have plans of friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert, or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets for a sellout? With SeatGeek, you can find tickets to games, concert shows, and even theater performances with just a few easy clicks. Or making it even better for you if you're a first time user, SeatGeek. Next time you add some tickets to your cart. Use our promo code 30TAKE. That's our social handle at checkout to save twenty dollars instantly off your first purchase as a first time user. It's all you gotta do to save some of that. He doesn't know it yet. Cold hard cash, Ryan. 
Enter promo code 30 take. That's our social <laughs> handle at checkout. All right. We're going to switch gears here into some current event stuff, some some baseball coverage, and we're going to need to keep it quick because I didn't think we were going to be talking about guilty pleasures for as long as we did. JoJo and Shakira. Two completely separate entities, no connection or comparison whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, let's do the current events. We'll rock it All right, right let's, here. Let's keep it quick. Thomas asks, do you think the Blue Jays upgraded their pitching enough? To me right now, I think the Blue Jays, yes. I think the Blue Jays are the most complete team in the AL East at the moment. But the question is going to be, can it can it be sustainable for the entire season? So I think, yes. The, the short answer is yes. But as a team component, do I think they're the strongest uh, pitching staff in the AL East? I don't think so. But I think by team right now, if you told me what they've done, I think they're in position to be the favorite in the AL East. You don't think the Red Sox adding 56-year-old Justin Turner really put them <laughs> in that upper upper echelon? Well, I mean, he's not pitching, but yes, that's that, that could be a whole different discussion. I still I still believe in your socks a little bit more than you do. Not a ton more, but a little bit more than you do. I mean, we don't need pitching. We've got we've got James Paxton, who's who's really pitched a lot over the course of the last year. Um mm-hmm. Chris mm-hmm. Sale, who's also pitched a lot over the course of the last few seasons, really. I mean we have guys You're that, set. that can throw baseball. So, I mean, you, you I'm do. Just, uh, sorry, I'm just, I'm just taking it back a little bit that you don't have them at the top. But, I mean, teach their own. Hey, you know, that's the thing is people are going to be upset with that. I mean, the Blue Jays, to me, in general, they it felt like last year they're, they're building more momentum. They're, to me, there's no excuse if the Blue Jays do not push through. They, there really isn't. They have, every, they have all the, they have the young players. They are they are a year older. You have arguably two of the best players in the world with with uh, Vlad and um, Bichette, and then you also have another mixture. You have a very solid team. There there's really no reason if you're looking at a completeness. I think the Blue Jays the expectation rightfully is. There. I'm just waiting to see the movie because Vladdy was talking about mm-hmm. trailer movie and all that, and I didn't Ooh. see a movie last year, so maybe. Maybe the production date got pushed back or the release date got pushed back because it wasn't last year. Um, Ian asks, with the payroll versus the rest of baseball and the American League East, are the Rays the most overachieving team as of late? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think they've been the blueprint of if you are not going to spend money, you have to be so good in your analytics department and how you're developing players. And no one has done that better than the Rays. I mean, the Rays have done it better than the Oakland A's, in my opinion. I mean, far better. Not, not only for that, because Oakland, you could say about the whole Moneyball thing, the Rays took that to a whole different level and then understood that they're playing in the AL East and they're playing against a extremely tough division and how do we maximize our players? How do we know when to get rid of players at the right time? And how do we make sure every player that comes up in the minors, especially pitchers, are prepared because they use the rotation, essentially? You know, you're calling guys up and down. Every team does it. But how is there not a fall off? And how, do, how does everyone feel prepared? What the Rays have done has been nothing short of spectacular. I think they have like the fourth most wins in the major league since 2010. Like it's... 
It's incredible. I just they've been to two World Series, two two or three World Series, two, two World Series. I just I well don't think it's good years. for baseball though having the Rays do what they do because it just gives these teams an out to not be competitive from a spending standpoint. They're like, well, we can let shift from a business point of view. I get it. Like you, you want to have the most success. You want to have the greatest output without putting like very much into it, whether that's money, whether that's whatever, but that doesn't work for every team. And I feel like the teams around the league, aside from the Rays, aren't seeing that clearly. They're going, well, if the Rays can do it, we can do it. And it's like, no, some teams, some franchises, I feel like are just built to spend money and go out and get their guys. But now that the, like like you mentioned, the the, the Rays have, have had that taste of success. Now teams are going, you know what, we don't really need to spend money. Uh, you saw what happened at the Padres Fan Fest the other day. Look what, look what kind of interest you draw mm-hmm. when you go out and get a guy you get multiple guys and you you add them to your organization and you say we are all in on trying to win a world series look what kind of intercept draws and i saw a before and after picture it was and it was to go to like your the, point san diego is at the bottom of the barrel as far as revenue goes they're right. not one of the they're a small market team right believe and it or not they're right. willing to spend the money they're willing to go all in and i just wish that that was more standard across baseball but i feel like the more that the braves do what they do and and teams start to tinker with that approach a little bit it's i just i just don't like where it's headed that that is the whole debate too because it's i agree i want to see guys get paid it, it, it and you like to see great players come to your team i mean think about it imagine if more teams could be in the sweepstakes for if you know we talked about otani in the future one of these bigger name guys coming out and the market could open and say you know, I was trying to, if, if the Rays were the big spenders that would draw interest to people in the, in that region, right. no doubt. But I will say this, and I also think a location and all that kind of matters. Like Tampa situation is tough. And if you're talking about with revenue, it's a San Diego is still a destination place where people enjoy going and being around Tampa stadium situation, Oakland's current situation. Now, if Oakland ever moves to Vegas, you know, I think that that changes. But you're right. For the game's perspective, it's not great for what the Rays are doing as far as for spending. But I will say, if you really can't, because the only thing I'll touch on is it's just some owners, I know there's a perception. Some owners are, are have more money than other owners. Other owners are caught up in other things. And some of them, you're right, don't want to spend. That There's a combination. But what that requires then is the baseball operations people to to work with what they have. And for the Rays perspective, at least their baseball operations being told, Hey, we're not giving you, this is all we're giving you. The fact that those people that are in charge of that can put together what they've done for that organization is beyond incredible. Not saying it's great for the game, but also imagine being a GM in that situation where you're like, Hey, this is what, you know, same conversation people are having with the Baltimore Orioles where it's starting over and saying, Hey, Elias, build up the team. And and he's doing a great job of that. And then to be determined how they spend their money moving forward. We mentioned the Padres. Greg wants to know, do the Padres have the best one through four in baseball? <laughs> I think they have to. Right? They, they have to. Is there one that you guys could rival with, with, the, with that top four? 
I, I mean, I really don't. Like, at their best, I, I don't think there's anybody that comes, dare mm-hmm. I say, remotely close to the Padres. Yeah. Like, is that the best? Is that the best top four in 15 years? memory, it has to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I think because numbers are going to be hindsight, like, right? But, like, I think when you compare, like, the overall career of what these guys are going to end up being when it's all said and done, when we look down the road 15 years from now and they're all retired, and we're like, can you can you remember the time they were all together in the lineup versus actual year to year production? It's I'm curious to see it, but I mean, I think if it's like a year to year thing, I don't know. I mean, you could argue that like the the Braves are are gonna have a solid one through four, you know, the Astros are gonna have a solid one through four, technically one through six maybe. So uh, I think year to year, it's a different comparison. At the end of the career, you're going to see, dare I say, at least two of those guys going to the Hall of Fame. I, the the one that comes to mind for me, I think, is this: the Yankees in 2009 had a had a great, you know, four or, or a group of four. Yeah, that's that Shera, yeah. they had Cano, they had Jeter, they had A Rod. You know, like that. Yeah. That was really good. And then they also had Jorge Posada, who hit 285 that year, had 22 bombs. I mean, Johnny Damon, Hideki Matsui, that, that, I mean, that's a mul- multiple of it, but you're right. That is, if that's the closest one, I'd have to do more research. Yeah. That was 14 years ago. Right. If, you, if you're a San Diego fan, enjoy going to the ballpark to watch mm-hmm. that team play because. You truly do have four of the best hitters on one team. I mean, we're looking at what. Uh, I mean, what? How do you order those guys? You've got Tati, Soto, Bogarts, Machado. I mean, do you put do you put them two through five and open up with somebody else and just keep that power a little lower in the lineup, or do you do you lead off with one of those guys? It's a good problem to have. I know, right? right? I think some of those guys, some of those guys, could be great in the leadoff spot. It could turn out to be. But the thing is, crazy is all of them know how to drive players in. What's wild is that you I know? mean, you got it. Cronenworth is going to be in that conversation too. You know, or where you can fit in, and it could have benefited. Maybe they mix it around. You know, the awesome thing for them, I think. I will say with one thing, if I see, I, I feel. Uh, you're right. It's get, the, the the biggest impact for those four players is it's going to make the other players in that lineup even better mm-hmm. because it's they're going to be forced to be pitched to more. So whatever it is, and honestly, think about it, people at the bottom of the order, if they have to turn it over to the top, you're definitely going to get more to see uh, than you might not recently because imagine you walk the eight or nine hole and you got to deal with that top four. That might be... Might be two or three runs every single time. Seriously, I'm just kidding. It's it's baseball. Yeah, they're gonna go through slumps, sure. but I'm excited, is it, guys. Is it weird? I'm excited to, for Padres. Fans. Is it weird to, to say that Soto could could lead off? I mean, for the amount of walks that guy gets, I mean, it's like I don't think it's and, a waste. Jo- yeah, he's in know? no rush at the plate for his abs. So no. I mean, might be a great way to see it, some pitches early. Yeah, they're gonna experiment a lot. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to see. Diener 52 and Lisa call 10 on Twitter want to know, I mean, they ask different things, but essentially want to know what your expectations are for the O's this year. 
Expectations for the O's. And can they to, make a playoff push? Expectations are to make the playoffs. I think I think that that's what the goal is. I think that's what your goal should be. That now that you finally are right on the cusp and you are in it till the end. Now I I do want to caution that it's going to the ex since the expectations are higher if the team fails those I I don't want people to be disappointed. It's just because seasons go differently. And the Orioles' success is going to be off of their young guys progressing. And it's going to be guys like Gunnar Henderson and possibly when Grayson Rodriguez, two guys that could be the rookie of the year. If both those guys play well and some of your younger guys are starting to come together, that that's where it's going to lie. But And another part is the Orioles' pitching staff extremely overachieved in the bullpen. They have a lot of great arms, and they did a, a tremendous job. That is no knock because they are studs. But that's like any staff every single year. Can you replicate that and go and do that, especially in late game situations? Like Felix Batista, I think is great. That kid, whew. he's a stud. Wow, yeah. he is great. And but now he set the expectation. Can you continue at that level? Which I, mm-hmm. uh, which absolutely he can. But it's still baseball, and you have to stay healthy, and you have to go through the uh, through the gauntlet of of a season. So temper the expectations. But if you're an Orioles fan. You, your hope and belief is that this team will be playing in meaningful games again leading into the postseason. But would you say that that's the hope or the are you comfortable enough saying that's the expectation? Because, I mean, Nate and I have talked about this uh, on some of the episodes that you weren't there for, and we were kind of in agreement that the O's didn't really do all that much, at least to this point. Like, there's still a little bit of time, but it looks it's pretty safe to say this is kind of what they're working with. And I just don't know if they, if they bought into the momentum that they had last year enough to change any outcome this year. I think it's more so, well, I I understand that point. I do. But as far as buying in, I, I think everything was moved up a year. I think everyone thinking about the Orioles making a little bit more of a jump. It was going to be, the jump was going to be this year, not last year. So you went from being a projected whatever it was, one of the worst in baseball, to then being in the in the wild card hunt to the final week. Like you overachieved and exceeded all expectations. But in the process standpoint, the team still is on that cusp. And again, it's gonna go around the guys like Gunnar Henderson, Grayson Rodriguez. Does Adley push to higher heights, which I think he will? Does your starting pitchers that have a lot of upside, do they continue to get better? And then if they can do that early on, I could see the Orioles being, you know, making bigger moves, you know, for trades at at the, uh, you know, during middle of the season. But for right now, this is where it is. And, and I hate that that's pressure on younger guys, but that is the reality. And, and, and rebuilds are your guys that you are hoping to be cornerstones for your team. Are they ready to make that jump? And, and that's going to be the biggest storyline to me for the Orioles this season. You mentioned the young guys. You mentioned Adley. Todd asks, what's your take on autographs? The Adley autograph stink, I guess, from this weekend said it made him think a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's the reality. People have contracts, and and whether you can say, you know, people were upset, well, the Orioles should have known about it or could have told it uh, and explained more. Do you know about the the issue this weekend? I don't. I, I never yeah, heard about so, this. So what happened was is that uh, 
people, the Orioles didn't do a fan fest. They did a, it's called a caravan uh, where they did multiple fan engagements with players at different locations. And then okay. it could have, you could buy it buy, uh, I think tickets to the events and then you could interact with the players more one-on-one and at most events, then the players could sign, you know, X amount of stuff or whatever it would be. Mm-hmm. Adley, uh, it was, it came out a couple of days before, um, events with him was that he, they, they would have a pre-made, like a pre-signed something that the Orioles could give out to fans, but they could not have any of their, um, items signed by Adley. And, I, and it has to do with the contractual obligations I believe he has to fanatics. I'm not positive yeah. on that, but I think. Well, it's, I think it's like a limited release at that time. Like, that makes yes. sense. Yeah. Yes. So as a fan, you feel disappointed. Sure. You feel because you want that. But everyone values signatures and, and autographs differently than others. Like, for me personally, I don't feel that, sh- that same sentiment. You know, I thought what was really cool from what I heard, it was the interactions one-on-one. And there's a lot of videos of the players interacting with the fans, do, you know, chugging beers with fans, uh, having those intimate moments. So it's kind of what you want. So as much as people might've been disappointed with the signing component, it looked like if you went to those events, you had some really great one-on-one time uh, interacting with with some of your favorite players, which to me, you know, I'd value the moments and memories over, sometimes you know just just the autographs but i do understand why people feel that way well i in my mind i mean just coming to defense for adley a little bit and you can correct me if i'm wrong but like my my initial like feeling and and moment of seeing what adley is was when he made his debut then you're watching him in his gear and he's just kind of looking around and he's checking around the stadium and he's like soaking in that moment. I think in my mind, that tells me that this kid isn't bigger than the moment. He's not someone who is, is suddenly above giving autographs. I think you're right. It's a contractual agreement. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put too much, too much stock into that. He seems like a kid that is very much loving being where he's at in life. He probably hates that He couldn't, like right. yeah, be yeah. This right. yeah and that that's the thing but that's the reality it's it's you you have a contract they're they're giving you you know i don't know the deal or what it's worth but but it doesn't change who he is he was mm-hmm. and, and from everyone that i heard they extremely enjoyed it and it's because of the authenticity of the guys that were there and and adley being adley doing what he's done and the person he's been you know, people got to see that. And I think to, at the end to me, like that, that to me is awesome. That to mm-hmm. me is to see, to see some of your favorite guys be who they are around you. Uh, you know, I hope that, um, you know, the fans and everyone enjoyed that. I got one more question from the people, Nate, if you got anything else. <laughs> I'm done. That's it. From the people. El Nino Macias on Twitter asked, will I be seeing you, Ryan, at the World Baseball Classic in Phoenix with Nate and Kyle? What a question. You know, we, we're talking <laughs> about it. It's still in the works, guys, and I'm sorry. It's just... It's still... It's still happening. <laughs> I won't get a hat. I still... I asked. I said, I, I don't have a... I won't get a 3-0 take hat unless I go to the event. But t- stay tuned. This is 
If I can make it happen, it's going to happen. There's I mean, Nate and I will for sure be there. Like the tickets have been purchased. The, the, the lodging has been arranged. I still got to get my flight tickets, but the price keeps going up and I'm trying to hold out and maybe <laughs> see if they drop, but we'll be out there. Um, and honestly, it'll just be a bonus if, if Ryan's able to, to join us out there. Cause I think we could do some, some pretty, pretty fun stuff out there. Oh yeah. Cause a lot we're, of fun stuff. Cause we're right down Nate, you were saying we're right down the road from, Spring training. Everything's everything's good. 20-minute radius. Everything's right there for you. So we can go to a lot of spring training stuff. There's a lot we can do. A lot of opportunities is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. And like like we were saying, if Ryan's not able to make it, we might uh, might do something a little special with the the tickets for the WBC. Maybe we'll, yeah. we'll have somebody join us for each one of the games we'll be at. Do a little something-something. But I'd rather have Ryan there if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, I would. Okay. I, I, I would. Ra- I'd rather have Ryan there as well. Yeah, <laughs> for what it's thought. worth. That's a good thought. Ryan, appreciate you uh, starting off the week just getting peppered with with questions. Made made our start to the week a little easier. I know that. So, well, hey guys, thanks thanks for listening. Hopefully, there's something that that people uh, got out of. The rants and and if you didn't get anything out of this, just remember that Shakira and JoJo are <laughs> not the same. They're not, not even on the, the same. same level. That was <laughs> okay. That was something. I'm, that's something I'm going to live with for uh, for the rest of my life. That made it. my day. Yeah, that made that my great. day. But, yeah. but always a pleasure, guys. I like. I just like seeing Kyle own up to his mistakes. That's just my favorite. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm a man of integrity. I've said it before. I'll say it again. If if, if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll tell you. Um, yeah, hopefully we get some baseball activity popping up over the next, so next week or so getting close to spring training. Um, if you are going to be out in Arizona for any of those spring training sites, let us know. We might be able to, uh, arrange a little meetup, maybe mm-hmm. grab something to eat. Who knows? Um, but until then, I guess we'll be talking about these grainy photos and videos from beat reporters as spring training those are the best ramps up from like half a mile away you love those you love those that's that's probably going to be our first taste of spring training so uh (laughs) as as we get closer we're we're what like a week away i think it's a sixth yeah we're about about a week away so uh we'll be kicking off spring training talk next week but until then you guys got anything else no Last night's Chipotle is hitting, so I gotta go. Yeah, I'm Good gonna. I, I gotta get my own things together and and go to the grocery store, Nate. Maybe no, uh, no, 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 no. We'll save that for a different time. But yeah. have a great Monday, guys. And it's always a great day to have a day. Don't go chasing curveballs. We love you all, and as always, looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy. <laughs>